TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 372, and I am Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. And this is Susie, and I write reviews and do interviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm an actor, writer, host, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. All right. Uh, first up in the news, we have that ABC will not be airing an episode of Blackish over creative differences, meaning the show that deals with all kinds of radical and political things went a little too political for ABC's tastes. And I don't even know how to stress how unusual this is, especially for a show that's a hit, that they want to air as many new episodes as possible. And a show that's already political, so it's, I'm like, how political did it get for the network to be, we need you to cut this, and the EP be like, nope, I'm not cutting it, and then they're like, fine, we're not going to air you. Like, that's a pretty big deal. That's really rarely heard of. So, I really want to see what's in the box. I want to see what that episode is. Like, who did they set fire to in it that uh, ABC was like, nope, we can't have it. And the other thing that's crazy is... You send a copy of the script to the network before you start shooting. So at what point did ABC become like, cause they were obviously okay with the script level. So where did they decide? Oh, this is too much. Uh, so I'm really curious. Need to know. Um, of course it's now make going to make it the episode that everybody wants to get. Oh, a hold I know. Of. I, I need that episode now. I'm trying to think, who do I know? Who can I find this out? Ah, I used to know an AE on the show, but he went on to do movies, so that doesn't help me. Um, librarians canceled at TNT. For those of you who are surprised, have you ever seen an episode of Librarians? Uh, I, I have. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's like, it, it's a mercy kill. Yeah, it, it really is. is. <laughs> you know, I think the reason I kept watching it all this time is that there... It was it was it clunked along and clunked along. It was so awkward and a little slightly painful and it clunked along. But then it would have like a really good episode, and then it would clunk along. So I, I guess I kept watching it, hoping like that this will surely be the next really good episode. <laughs> but, no, no, I didn't really believe that. And the characterization was there's so many things wrong with that show. I don't even know how it got as many seasons as it did. I feel like somebody was being blackmailed. Um... <laughs> somebody had pictures to somebody. <laughs> All right, so that shows out of its misery. Uh, Netflix, this is not normal news because it's technically, I don't think it's scripted news, but Netflix is in talks with the Obamas to produce content. Uh, Right now, they're not sure what kind of content they want them to produce, what kind of shows they want them to produce, but I think they want them on camera for it, so technically I guess it would be like talk show-ish things, Mm -hmm. reality show-ish, I have no idea. But everybody's very excited. That's that's well, the only reason why I'm reporting this. As well, you know, I would think it would be like a news documentary kind of format type. Mm-hmm. Considering, you know, there, I mean, it would have to be something political. It would have to be something, you know, topical. Well, you know, one thing that I heard about that show um, is that they were going to focus on everyday heroes, <clears throat> people who don't usually make it into the news who are doing great things and that the Obamas uh, wanted to focus on that group of people. Um, that's one thing I heard the show might go towards. Okay. Mm. That seems pretty cool. Um, the next piece of news I have is that the Suits spinoff starring Gina Torres has been picked up for, has gotten a series pickup. So I guess I might watch. I mean, I love Gina Torres. And the one thing about Suits that bothered me is she got very little screen time considering how good she is. So I would tune in to see what her show was about. I'm curious. Anybody else? No? I I really never watched Suits, but I love her. Me too. She's great. Well, and that's the thing is I couldn't be like, well, if you like Gina Torres, you should watch Suits because she wasn't in it enough for me to say that. 
So I think hopefully this will be her her avenue or vehicle. Uh, other news: the new Star Wars series has finally gotten a showrunner. They have picked uh, John Favreau from. He's done a lot of Marvel things. Um, so I'm curious. I mean, he's a, he's definitely a name, and he definitely knows. Uh, he's directed a bunch of stuff. I'm not sure. I, I'm unclear on his writing uh, pedigree. I don't. I know he's directed a bunch of things, but I don't remember if he's written a bunch of things. I'm sure somebody will write in and tell me on how wrong I am. But uh, I. I mean, I know he's a geek. And so that always makes me feel good when a geek is being the showrunner of a geeky show. Um, the Good Doctor has been renewed for season two. For anyone who was surprised by that, shame on you, because that show's been doing great in the ratings. And it's good, it's just that I actually slowly lost interest. I used to, I was watching it and be like, oh, the show's great. And I was like, oh, I really like the show. Oh, I like the show. Oh, I forgot to watch the show. It's pretty much what happened to me. I slowly slid off the good doctor train. Even watched it at all. I don't so, know anyone else has watched it. No, we talked about it in the podcast for a while. I just slowly stopped watching it and it wasn't because the quality got bad. It just it became procedurally enough or it did have some story arcs, but they weren't compelling enough to keep me watching. And there like you guys said, there's so much television that at some point something's gotta give. <laughs> You know, so uh, for me, The Good Doctor gave, but it has a new season. I guess, yay. And then, and speaking of more television that you can watch, um, I'm going to throw out a TV recommend. Uh, Henry Winkler is starring in a new show called Barry on HBO. And the premise is that there's a guy named Barry who is an assassin and he gets a job to go kill to kill someone and he's following this guy and he follows him into an acting training class and everybody in the class assumes he's there for the same reason. So he ends up taking the class and finds out he falls in love with being an actor. So now he doesn't want to be an assassin anymore. He wants to be an actor. So it's a a dark comedy. Oh, and Henry Winkler is the teacher in the acting class. Um, so it sounds hilarious, uh, and I'm definitely going to check it out, and I think you guys should too. The trailer is really, really funny. It's it's very promising looking, definitely. I already added it to my DVR. Uh, when do you know when it starts? It starts the 25th, I think. It starts uh, the 21st, I think, actually. Okay, I, I wrote it down somewhere. But uh, the other thing I want to recommend, which is not starting for maybe a month, is uh, I just saw the Lost in Space trailer, and that looks amazing. Mm -hmm. It is going to be my new crack. I can tell you that already. (laughs) Uh, So it's a Netflix binge. Are you ready? I am ready. Well, hopefully it'll be, you know, to the original Lost in Space as Battlestar Galactica was to the original well, Battlestar yeah, Galactica. I, I believe so. Plus, also, it's starring my guy from uh, Black Sails. I, love I him. noticed that, yes. I love him. Yes. So I, I'm forever only... going to miss Black Sails, but I'm glad to see he got work. Well, I think it's hilarious. He went from being a pirate to being an astronaut. I was like, that's the, that's what acting is about. You know, you can do one. An astronaut and other. family man. Yes, I like it. And the only thing that I'm slightly worried about where they could screw this up is if Will Robinson is not good. But I'm like, please, I hope they got a good actor for Will Robinson. Yes. Uh, so anyway. Moving on, let's start talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead. And this episode was after the whole uh, 90 minutes of angst and crying over Carl. So this episode was about 30 minutes of grieving over Carl. Um, That stuff was, the stuff with Michonne was actually really moving. And I thought that it was interesting that they actually had like title cards to tell you what character we were concentrating on. And the um, Michonne section got me a little sniffly, but not terribly so. And I thought it was really interesting, that storyline of uh, 
how showing the difference between how Michonne and Rick are dealing with their grief or not dealing with it as the case may be. And then I liked uh, dealing with Simon because apparently he's trying to make a power play to take over from Negan. And I'm like, Simon, you're not that smart. I'm sorry, dude. But uh, any other thoughts before I get, because I could talk about the whole episode by myself, apparently. Uh, what do you guys well, think? Well, I, I actually thought that the stuff with Simon was a little weird because, you know, in the in the past, he's always been like, you know, the perfect right-hand man. Well, you they know, did he, establish oh, that Negan took over from Simon. Simon well, used yeah, to be in charge. Yes. Yeah, but he's, he's I think, you know, it, the situation being what it is, remember, we've we've got a cult here where you have to not only just swear allegiance to Negan, but everybody says, I am Negan. Right. And in a situation like that, you're not going to find too many people to follow you instead. That's true, um, which is why I didn't understand. He had a whole group of people, and I guess they're all assuming that they were following Negan's orders. That that's what I assumed. Right. So I, I don't I don't think that his power play is going to go very well because as soon as people realize that he had them do something that Negan didn't actually want, I don't think that he's he's really going to be Mister Popularity with well, not, uh, not, the rest of the scene. What I see it as is they're trying to show you that because this is all part of the whole Negan redemption arc that annoys the crap out of me. Um, is they're trying to show you that Negan's really not that bad. He's all like, well, we're just going to kill one. And then Simon's like, let's kill them all. And isn't Simon so much worse than Negan? And isn't Negan so uh, great and forgiving because he only wants to kill one of the people that, and I'm like, no, that does not make Negan a good guy. But I mean, that's pretty much why we're getting this Simon storyline to have someone worse than Negan so that Negan can fight him. And I agree with you that it doesn't really work because they have gone so far in establishing how evil and unhinged and awful Negan is that if, if there's any if there's ever been a character who's who's deserving of a terrible death, it's him. And I seeing him, you know, trying to be redeemed as as much as I love, you know, um, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, you know, I may love him and I may want to see him as much as possible, but the character he played is just, it, it's untenable to keep him around. I just don't believe he's going to become this sweet, nice guy who you can trust. Well, he, even in the comics, he never, he never becomes a sweet, nice guy that you can trust. What happens in the comics is he basically decides that Rick is his alpha and that he falls in line he becomes loyal to rick is in the comics that's what happens is yeah, not that he becomes so. but he, he becomes like a dog you let off the leash if you want something destroyed mm-hmm. so that's the only reason why you let him out um, which i could i could sort of see except for the fact that there are so many characters invested in wanting to see him dead Right. That I just don't see it. Ha- I mean, do you really imagine? I'm that, just telling you, this is what's is this is what's going to happen. I'm like, yeah. the thing is, is this is what's going to happen. They're going to keep Negan around, and they're trying to make us swallow it. And I'm just not buying it. It's not point. working. It's not working. Uh, so that whole storyline is annoying. But at least it means they're going to finally kill Simon because I can't send Simon either. Um, so at least Negan will end up killing him and that'll make me feel better, I guess. Now, now in terms of character redemption, what the one that I do accept is what they're doing now with Jadis. Um, That actually, I actually felt a tiny, tiny bit of sympathy for Jadis and I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. I, and I could see that. I mean, she, she essentially, created this character that she was playing who you know barely spoke a word and you know that became the cult thing that her group did and and all of that but i you know now that she's lost all of that and she's actually communicating like a person and we see we see see the vulnerability the exactly she's she's a she's a human being now and especially what she had to do with her people oh it was was heartbreaking it was it was it was horrific and it was heartbreaking because you could see the look in her face as as she's doing this to the people who she knew as her family is just tragic. Yeah. So I can I can see that I can see it working with Jadis. And the Not only thing only thing, Jadis. though, with Rick is 
when he shoots over her head, I was like, dude, did you learn nothing? Like, that's exactly what he did with the guy that Carl ended up going to rescue as he shot over the guy's head. And then Carl felt the need to go save him. And then he got bit. And so then he does the exact, the thing about Janus is like, I was like, either take her with you. So you keep your eye on her or you kill her. Leaving her behind is a terrible decision because now you don't know what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he assumed she was going to just die there. Yes, but, but that's uh, never know. worked out well for him. Every <laughs> bad guy he's left to die has always come back and ended up getting somebody he cares about killed. So I'm like, dude, either kill her or don't. Like, make up your mind. This in-between stuff just doesn't work for me. Um, but I hope she does side with Rick because I don't think I mean there's no way she's going to side with Negan because she thinks Negan killed all her people mm-hmm. um, but she's going to have to prove herself to Rick and I think she'll eventually come to that conclusion um, but yeah or she just might wander off by herself and join Oceanside there you go uh, is that all the storylines for that I think so pretty much all right so Overall, this episode, I liked it. I mean, it didn't make me cry for an hour like the last one did. So there's that. Um, And I liked a couple of the storylines. I do still care about the characters I care about. So there's that. Okay, so moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about Lucifer for a minute. And I may or may not have finished watching the episode. I don't know. So as you guys talk about it, I'll figure that out. Uh, so Susie, why don't you start us off on Lucifer? Um, it was, it was, it was okay. I mean, it was a perfectly decent episode, I guess. Um, I did like the fact that finally when Lucifer had another idea to try and help Pierce, he was like, Hey, you know, the problem is you can't be killed. And that was because of, you know, the whole sin thing, you know, and he's like, let's erase your sin. Yeah. Yeah, so he's just like, you know, we can't fix that, but, oh, maybe if the if there isn't any more animosity be- between you, you know, because Abel, um, Abel, yeah, it's Cain and Abel, Abel is in hell, um, they're like, oh, wait a minute, Lucifer's like, dude, I'm like the guy that pretty much runs hell, so I can just go down there and grab him and bring him back up here, you guys can make nice, and the mark will go away and everything will be fine, because you won't have had the, you know, the whole kill your brother thing to start with. Um, so he he did that, and he put Abel into a, a random body. woman. Yeah, some random woman yeah. who's in an a- accident. And yeah, but the thing is, when she's so she she plays around, and I don't know, Libby, if you saw the part where she's like she gets out into the world and she's walking around. She sees, you know, basically, well, I, they're probably prostitutes, but you know, just kind of walking on the street, or you know, girls going to like the high end club, and she's like walking across the street like a man with her legs, you know, just strutting. She's like, hey, ladies, let me, you know, let me, look, you want to help me spread my seed? <laughs> like, <laughs> Why is he talking like, that doesn't even make sense he would talk like that if, never mind. She, well, first of all, cause he's, he's been in, ha- in hell for so long, so he's still kind of thinking old school speak a little well, bit. Well, I quite mean, understand. old school speak, he was but, one of the first people on the earth. He shouldn't be speaking like that at all. Like, no colloquialisms well, no, at all. I know, but they actually did cleverly explain that um, when they were discussing Lucifer in Hell with uh, Mazikeen, because Lucifer wanted to see if his idea would work. They basically said, oh, yeah, and by the way, she goes, oh, I loved, you know, I, I loved uh, torturing him for all this time and everything. And then I, I forget how they did it, but like they thought like they could torture him by like making him learn languages or something. I forget what it was, but they're like, yeah. So basically he like picked that stuff, uh, stuff up really quick. So he's like fluent in all these languages and like, you know, all oh, this other stuff. Oh, fine. Okay. Whatever. But, but let me ask you this too, though, because um, if you haven't, if you didn't see her as much in action, um, maybe uh, Allison, you would know. She's, she reminds me of a, uh, what's her name from, um, from Legion and from the office. I mean, not a uh, parks and rec. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, uh, oh, um, yes, I know, and oh. I blanked on her name, but yeah, Me the one too. who plays yeah. the one who plays the the villain in Legion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh. And I, well, yes, I'm blank. Yeah, but you know what I mean. So that's what I, she I know. As soon as we finish this this podcast, I'm going to remember. <laughs> her name. But, but she's I like mean, you, you're right. I I I turned it off after after Lucifer said, I'm going to go to Mezzikeen because she tortured him and she would know him. Uh, yeah. So that was where I was like, okay, this is boring. I didn't really like the episode. 
to be honest. So, so you didn't watch the episode, technically. <laughs> well, I watched a lot of it. I watched um, a bit of it. Aubrey it Plaza. Just... Thank you. Yes, that's exactly it. She totally was Shut channeling up. Aubrey Plaza. But it was funny, though, because she was so nonchalant. It was, it was actually pretty funny, Libya, because as... As her character, she just didn't, because she was able, she was like, you know, millions of years old, you know, this soul or whatever, and this new person in this new place, and really didn't give a shit, like swearing at, at cars that were like practically hitting her. She was like going for drinks, and just like she would talk, whatever, she'd say whatever she'd want, you know, no no filters, and she's just like, eh, just kind of hitting on Chloe and everything, <laughs> just didn't care, nothing phased her, so that was actually pretty funny. Okay. Um, and then at the end, actually, there's, and the other, like, the B role or whatever was, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Charlotte, you know, because she's still struggling with her stuff. Right. And so there she was went to counseling. Nice... I remember she went to counseling. Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember. Was it this one where Charlotte meets with, with Linda? Yeah. yeah, I think she does. Yeah, I did. So I saw the... that. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Well, yeah. So at the end, you know, she, she meets with her and talks to her and actually, you know, kind of mentions you know the nightmares that she's been you know had and all this other stuff so that was kind of a that was a good moment for trisha she did a really good job in that okay well, yeah i mean not... i liked it it didn't really do a whole lot for the like big super arch you know plot arch or whatever story arc but it was it had its moments it was pretty funny all right uh next up we're gonna talk about i zombie we haven't talked about it since it returned and mainly because it's been weird. It's like it doesn't exactly feel like iZombie. Like the town being closed in and under martial law and half the population are zombies. And it's like humanity is in the is in the minority. And there's all these th- Like it doesn't feel like iZombie at all. It feels like some sort of commentary on social justice, I guess. I'm not sure what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it was always uh, obviously not... Um, uh, plausible anyway, but at least there was some grounding in right. reality, you know, and, and the present, the here and now. But when they move to do this thing of where they're like, oh, now they've, you know, now they've, like you said, walled in part, you know, half of Seattle or the city or whatever, then suddenly I'm like, well, now I'm just in like a dystopian future. Right. And, okay. Yeah. And I, the I food is rare. And then you've got the preacher guy that's going around oh, bashing people's heads people in. All- but did you yeah. notice in, the, in the, um, the credits for the first episode of this se- this season or whatever session, um, I noticed that because in the opening credits, they're like, you know, the, the incident, you know, or whatever, the infection. And then they show her and then they show, you know, the the ally, you know, which is, you know, what's his name, Ravi in the, the lab and then the partner. And this time they don't show Blaine. They showed his dad and they're like the prophet. I'm the like, prophet. Oh. I noticed that. Yeah. So obviously he's the big baddie for the whole season. And you knew that from the opening credits from the first episode. And it was like, well, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's not a, a big bad Cause obviously he is. Cause he's, I like the actor, yeah, but, but I'm, I'm just like not it. sure <laughs> what, where the story's going, I guess right now. That's my point. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, well, oh. the thing is for me, it's not so much the situation itself. Cause I, I kind of saw that this was where they sort of were going last year. But it's the fact that there's something about the writing that it's just not as funny or as clever no, it's not. as as it has been in years past. I mean, usually I just laugh my way through the entire episode, you know, and when they do the affecting moments, they really get to me. And, and now I'm just watching it. I, I just feel removed, you know. There's like this yeah. distance. I can see that. So I don't know. There's a quality of the writing that it, I don't know if there's like somebody in the writer's room who isn't there anymore or what happened. But there's there's a definite difference in the feel of the show. Yeah, the I, I really different. I really hope that this is the last season because I don't think it should. There should be more. I think this should be it. Yeah, I kind of feel like if they could push some effort into this and kind of have it go out strong. That would be great because, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm like, I'm not sure if I would. Depending on where this goes, I'm not sure if I would follow forward. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Big Mafia that's on AMC. And when I say that, I mean that Allison's going to tell us whether we should watch it or not. <laughs> well, the answer to that is yes. Um, it happens to be a, a really, really good show. Um, it just started recently. It's about uh, this, this uh, young man who has his own uh, financial group, um, his own financial business. And um, it turns out that he 
is related to uh, people who were part of the Russian mafia. And uh, they escaped from Russia some time ago and uh, seemed to have been out of that. But it turns out that he had an uncle who's still very much involved and who, in fact, tries a power play to take over from who is actually running it currently in Russia. And this goes very, very badly. And uh, the he now has to deal with, with the, uh, the after effects of that as his entire family is threatened by this Russian mob boss. Um, so he now has to go to all kinds of crazy lengths that he didn't intend to and move out of his nice, comfortable sort of, you know, upper middle class life. And he's getting more and more sucked into this mob world as he tries to protect uh, what's left of his family. So um, it's, it, you know, this, it, it sounds kind of pat on the surface, but it's, it's fantastically done. It's shot internationally. The visuals are gorgeous. The acting is, is just great. Um, all, overall stars, James Norton, who's been in all kinds of things. David Strathairn uh, plays, um, uh, one of the uh, the expats, the Russian expats who moved to Israel, um, who's also trying to get back into the business, and um, just overall, it's extremely it's extremely clever, extremely intense, and uh, worth your time. Okay. Well, I'm not promising anything. We'll see. Let's hopefully some of the other people. Granted, there's a lot of TV on now, yes. but really, it is if you have if you have an extra hour, you know, give it a shot because I, I think it's a definite worthwhile show. Okay, I will. I put it on my list. I'm I'm going to give it a go if I can. All right, I'd like to hear if more than one of us have seen it. I'd like to hear the discussion. All right, next up, we're going to talk about the Flash, and let's start off with Aaron. What did you think of this extraordinary episode of the Flash? Well, you know, <clears throat> this was my favorite episode probably of the last two seasons, maybe. I would um, probably agree with you. It was very good. It was excellent. It was. It came out of the blue. I didn't expect to enjoy it. So I was sitting there just like, oh, okay. And um, then as soon as it came on, I, I fell in love with it. I loved the ticking clock with the nuclear bomb. Um, I thought that that was genius and that the fastest man in the world couldn't solve it. Um I loved watching the way um, he, uh, the Flash, um, <clears throat> ran through and, you know, reached each character and, and had them moving as fast as he was so that he could communicate with them. And I loved the conflict that came with each one that they couldn't stand moving at that speed long right. so they could give them a little, a little piece of a puzzle to try and help, but you no know, one could solve it. And I loved, I thought the acting was brilliant. Oh, man, I thought every actor brought it in this episode, um, especially um, between Barry Allen and Iris. Uh, just opening it that way, it drew me in immediately. I was like, okay, what's going on? And um, I was just totally sucked in. Um, for me, it, you know, it was interesting. Normally when when they do that kind of like, Iris saves the day again, uh, <laughs> that bothers me. But, but this it, one, it, it, it totally made sense because it was information that she had that he didn't yeah. have. And yes. so I really liked that she made a connection um, that he couldn't have made. Yes. And it really, really worked. I thought it was great. Uh, and the emotion in the episode oh. just blew me away. It was way more like they kind of have emotional episodes here and there, but I never yeah. feel it as much. Yeah. But I think that they did such a good, like I really felt it in this episode. Yeah. I felt so bad for all of them. Uh, me too. Any other thoughts? Anybody else? Comments? No one else watched The Flash? What? If you I watched don't... it. It's just you've just pretty much said everything uh, I was going to say. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you did like it. I just want to be clear. I enjoyed it. I did. I, I don't think I was quite as bowled over, but I did think it was a very, very good episode. Okay. Well, considering that the show has been kind of mediocre for quite a yeah. while, I, I'm like so happy that they knocked this one out of the park. So yes. thumbs up for me. Uh, hopefully next week will be just as good. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Black Lightning. And this episode was good and confusing and epic and all of those things because 
they built up Jill Scott's character in a way that I was like, okay, this is going to be the big bad for the season. And I mean, you still have Tobias and Tobias and her going up against each other was really great. And then I really liked that fight scene in the mortuary and that moment where you think she's won, you know, you see her fight and I was like, oh, it's great. She's fighting and she wins the fight. And you think it's over and the friggin' coffin pops up and some random other dude shoots her in the back. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> uh, I was disappointed yet also impressed at the same time. I was impressed that they killed her because she's a really good villain for them to kill her. I was like, what? Really? And... I was I, I was really just like I just really like that they built her up so much, but I was also disappointed because I wanted to see more of her. So it was a, I think that's a good mix. I think they did a good job with that. Uh, your thoughts? Um, I wasn't in love with the fact that they killed her. I they, you know they had invested so much time in her character and and you know I I thought she you know I I gotten to the point where I thought she was really interesting and was looking forward to seeing more of what she'd do. Because she is so weird and unhinged, um, and and we've I, I feel sort of robbed of of that now. As much as I I like the Tobias Whale character, um, she's I just a better was, actress. Yeah, she's she she is, and also that it was just like why invest that much time and make her that interesting if you're going to kill her off in like the the fourth episode. Right. So that that was kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, and then yeah. we got the other guy back. Can you talk about that a little bit, uh, Aaron? Who is he now? Oh, okay, Lala. Yes, and so I thought that that, now that was an amazing twist that I didn't see coming at all. Um, bringing back Lala, who was, uh, you know, our uh, basically- Villain from the first two episodes. Uh, yeah, from the first few episodes. And they also brought back Lawanda White, who, um, you know, two of the episodes, I think it was episodes three and four, I want to say, was mostly focused on her. Well, no, um, she gets killed by Lala, so she was in the first couple. Yeah. In the first couple. But, I mean, I think uh, two of the episodes, they actually named them after her. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting that they brought her back. Well, I don't um, think she's back. I think he's back, and I think she's in his head. Could be in his head. But what I'm also curious to see, um, because I'm wondering if all of the bodies that Lady Eve had been working on, because when she said, do you believe in perfection? I'm wondering, is this all part of it? Because if you remember, in one of the episodes, um, Lady Eve was embalming someone and his eyes opened up and he started breathing. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Okay. I've always been wondering what the heck she's been doing with all his dead bodies. So I'm curious if all of this is part of the resurrection. I'm also curious to see, is she actually dead now? Or is she going to be part of some type of resurrection? So I'm curious to see how... Well, she has nobody to embalm her unless she, like, (laughs) pre-embalmed herself. Very, very true. But, you know, so I'm I'm curious about that. Um, I want to hear what you guys think about this, though, because they killed off Tori, who is Tobias Well's sister. And I felt like she was completely underplayed the few episodes. Well, I that thought we- that the actress playing her wasn't very good. So I yeah. didn't miss her. But yeah. I, what I did think was you're always on Lightning's side or Jefferson's side where he's mm-hmm. like, he killed my dad. He killed my dad. I got to get my revenge. But now that the sister's dead, I was like, man, you have upped the stakes. Now we're in a family feud. So <laughs> this is a whole different ball game. Um, and he has now really, well, if Tobias figures out who he is, he has now endangered his own family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the stakes are super high now. But I like that. I like that they keep raising the stakes. Yes. Yes, and Gamby's secrets, my gosh, how many does this man have, Peter well, Gamby? He, he went on a, a one-man hit squad and killed that <laughs> other random dude. I can't even remember what that dude's name was. Uh, Joey Toledo, yeah. yeah. So, there was a lot of death in this episode. There was. There, <laughs> Bodies was. there was a lot of dead people, a lot of dead people in this one. Uh, but I want to see the fallout. I want to see what happens. And I do like also that the daughter, uh, Thunder, or Nissa, uh, they've now agreed to get her a suit and a trainer, so she's just not out there, like, fumbling around in the dark. Because everyone's kind of agreed she's going to go out there whether they help her or not. So now they're like, okay, fine, we'll help you. And I'm just I like... relieved she's not going to be in that outfit that she was <laughs> of her own creation. Oh my God. 
You didn't like the outfit and the wig? <laughs> oh, the wig especially. That was my favorite part. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, and the glitter bar across her <laughs> eyes—that was also. But awesome. now I want now I want the little sister to get her powers, so we can have the whole family going out together. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yes. All right, uh, thumbs up for this episode. I think mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much all agreed. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the magicians, and this was the very musical episode of the magicians. If you didn't know the cast could sing, surprise! Here you go. <laughs> and they promised this. Last season, when they did that episode that had one song in it and all the fans went nuts and loved it, they were like, fine, we're going to do a musical next season. And this was their version. And I don't... There wasn't actually as much singing as I was hoping for. Um, And the premise behind why everybody was singing was a little weird. But I did like the bit at the end where everybody's minds were connected. And they had to sing that song together. That I liked. Yeah, it wasn't exactly like the Buffy musical or anything like this. It wasn't wall-to-wall music. Um, But I I did enjoy what they did, and and the excuse that they had for it made sense within within the show. I overall loved this episode. I thought it was great. And uh, one of the reasons for that was that not just, you know, the fact that apparently everybody in the cast can sing and they're great at it, which was terrific, but also there, there was just a lot of emotional investment in, in this particular episode. And I loved the, how everybody connected and, you know, where, where everybody was at the end. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. And especially I loved what, what, what was going on with, um, with, uh, Margot and Elliot right. on the ship. Yeah. Cause you know, when, when they were, when they were stuck on the ship, I thought, you know, there's no way the ship is just going to agree to this because she and the ship had a bonding moment. And, and so that was nice to see how they resolved that. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was, they've been getting stronger and stronger and they're starting from a point of strength anyway, but the last couple of episodes where they've, they've been creative and have been using different kind of narrative techniques, um, I, I think has just elevated the show even more and I really, really enjoyed it. Susie, your thoughts? Uh, yeah. Well, not much else to add to that other than, um, <laughs> Well, and because it was, because I, I, for some reason, I just didn't consider this the musical episode. I didn't realize that. I just thought, oh, you know, they're doing this thing, you know, with, uh, um, uh, what's her name? The one who did the singing, Katie, you know, they had her do her distraction. I'm like, oh, they're showing us that she can like really go at it. Great. Um, and then, you know, Josh, hey, who, he was like really good. <laughs> but then, mm-hmm. um, you know, when they did the song at the end, I just went, oh, well, this is, this is interesting. Like Allison said, it's a, it's a different narrative technique to kind of get this to happen. Um, and they all, yeah, exactly where they were when that happened. Um, like, uh, especially with um, Julia, you know, when she was with a, what's her, with the, the, with the, uh, oh, yeah, the fairy. Yeah, the fairy. Hi, yeah. fairy, fairy sky. You know, and, and what was happening at that moment, it was all, I don't know, it just, the music, and them singing and everything just seemed to level it up, which I would normally think wouldn't be able to happen. Like you think it would kind of cheese it up or ruin it, but I think it did a great job. Yeah, it did. I mean, it was great. Um, And I, and they, they do refer to it as the musical episode. So if you look online, they're talking about it that way, but I really, I did appreciate what they did. I just, like I said, when I knew they were going to do one, I thought there would be more songs, but they actually, did it in a way that was classy, like you said, and it really worked to help the story. So, because my favorite part of the episode is definitely the end when they're all connected and they're all singing the song together. It made them feel really like a team and really like a unit. So, thumbs up for me. Way to go, magicians! <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Gotham, and we haven't talked about that since you know a little while. We talked about it, I think, when it first came back, but. Um, let's talk about this episode where Bruce finally figures out, Hey, maybe I shouldn't drink and party so hard. Or, you know, Ivy might put me in a weird plant coma. Um, (laughs) which is the thing I'm going to call shenanigans on is every other person she scratched died pretty quickly. And I mean, she says, I'm going to, I want you to die slowly. She does verbally say that. 
and it and it just takes him so long compared to everybody else that she's infected. It's just kind of weird. I'm like, can you really control viruses that way? But whatever. Um, but his dream, I have to say him taking his own face off or that guy taking his face off was so disturbing. Then it squicked me out. I was like, ah, I can't watch the screen. (laughs) But I did like that. They had him confront himself kind of as Batman. Like that was kind of cool. Like I thought that that worked for me. Uh, yeah, I've been thoughts? wondering for a long time, um, you know, where is the bat iconography going to come in? Because, you know, I think there, there was like it was last last season or the season before when he went camping right. um, and, and every uh, you, you're just waiting for the moment he falls into the cave and it, and it never happened. Happen. Right, right, right. And, and so uh, we're like and, and apparently it never happened in the past when he was, you know, with his dad. So it's like, where does this whole bat fixation come in? And finally, we have got it. You know, with it, it it's a delusion that Ivy brings on with the with her virus. And it was like, yes, finally, we have something. And uh, so that that was nice to see. But overall, I I really liked the episode. You know, everything that happened with all the characters, I thought moved everything forward. I loved the scene between uh, Penguin, uh, between Oswald and and Ed when he visits him in the prison. Oh, right. I love their friendship so much. I hate that they're enemies. Well, it looks like that's going to change because, you know, he's... Ed has got this this second personality, the Riddler personality, fighting to take control again, and apparently enough that he left him that little origami penguin with a with a note saying "Help me" uh, <laughs> inside, you know. Which so it's like okay, they're going to be a, a team again. That's good. Yeah, that's my one of my favorite things about the show is their friendship. So mm-hmm. when they became enemies, it broke my heart. Definitely. Uh, any other? You got some thoughts about that, Aaron? You're you're uh huhing. I can hear you in the background. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I can. I I totally um did enjoy the show. I'm glad we're starting to move forward in a lot of things. I have to admit, I was a little worried that we got a brand new Poison Ivy. I'm like, how no, many? This is the third one. Whoever's keeping yeah. who those keeping count at home. This is yeah. Ivy number three. Number three, but you know what? I actually like I, I like the actress. Um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but I've I remember seen her in a bunch of stuff too. Oh, yeah. I loved her in Tomorrow People uh, when that show was out. So um, I'm thinking maybe she's going to bring something, another layer or level to Ivy. Um, well, I think so- it's interesting that she refused to dye her hair red. She was like, yep, no, nah, yes. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yes, I that interesting too. I like that. So I'm curious to see where this goes now with this iteration of Ivy. Right. And hopefully the last. <laughs> hopefully. I was, uh, yeah, hopefully. Uh, but oh, any other thing you want to mention before we move on? Is that it? Okay, thumbs up. All right, uh, next up we're going to talk about Supernatural. And I didn't watch this episode because the trailer looked silly. And I was like, ah, we're probably not going to talk about it on the podcast. And everyone's like, oh, can we talk about Supernatural? And I was like, I guess I gambled wrong on that. So what would you guys like to talk about on this episode of Supernatural? Um, well, I like that uh, it was, the the way they presented it was slightly noirish. Like it was just kind of a, a nod to noir. Um, it didn't really go full blown because then it kind of gets on the side of, you know, memeish and kind of silly. So I like the fact that they kept it reined in, but there were subtle, you know, hints to it here and there. Um, I think at one point, even Dean was talking to Sam. And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, so he whacked so and so. And Sam's like, whacked. And Dean's like, yeah, you know, whack, like mafia talk, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> they just kind of threw, threw things in here and there. Um, but the idea of like the, the, the double cross of the double cross and the characters were very, uh, were colorful and again they just they didn't cross the line into cheesy or you know like completely obvious with stuff but you know you had your mafia guy who was actually you know pretty level-headed and you know not as sleazy as you would think and then you have the you know the puffer you know and he's he's got all this money and he's just kind of this obnoxious hoof you know um, and then you have you know the mysterious lady who has money and she's very stylish and classy and she has her connections you know so you kind of get all these characters that you would probably get in like a true mafia crime story. Um, and and then you get Sam and Dean in there and, you know, and they're just doing their thing, getting thrown in. And it ties into, and what's good about it is it actually ties into the episode before, you know, what they're trying to do with um, whatever the, the piece of the code is that they're trying to decipher. I forget what that thing is called. Um, the and so tablet, they, the, the demon tablet? The tablet, yeah, that, that particular tablet, the, the 
uh, angel tablet. So they know that they need one of the items that they need is the blood of what Sam has decided. The blood of a the blood of a holy man, a most holy man. So we're thinking saint, you know, and things like that. So they're like, well, I don't know how we're going to do this, but you know, maybe we can get it. There's that's how they connect with the woman online, and that starts the whole connection with everyone. Um, but then introduced in the story is an actor who's uh, he plays he's a priest you know he plays a priest from uh the church where the original artifact that they're going after is stolen the skull and i thought oh well he's just another character in here but i don't know if it's just the actor you know but he was he was just he was great and he just took it you know he took it to heart he was very you know there's a lot of gravitas and um you know as typical supernatural fashion as they're going through and there's a clip and there's a story and things are happening you know they pause and people say things that are actually like mildly profound and it kind of fits and you know Sam and Dean stop and think about it and you stop and think about it you know and and then they go on with the story and it just ends up that you know what they needed is from this man himself the priest himself now I didn't guess the the the, the twist at the end but apparently Allison you did oh yeah I said well first of all as soon as I saw him because I've seen him in so many things that I as soon as, as, soon as he like walked out of the elevator and bumped into into uh uh, Sam, yeah. I thought, okay, he's a major character. And then the, <laughs> as soon as, as soon as they said, as soon as he said, I'm a priest, I went, ah, ding, 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 ding. Um, and I have to say, it was, it was a little bit cheesy. I mean, the, uh, the uh, overweight guy was named Mr. Greenstreet. Yeah, which well, is, you know, a, a, that was a nod. It's yeah. Like it's a nod to Sydney Greenstreet, you know, and of course he's playing it just kind of exactly that way. Um, but, but it was nice. It was like, not bad cheesy. It was, right. it was cute cheesy. And, and I liked that. It was, it was, it, and as you said, it didn't go over the top. That's like, they didn't film it in black and white or anything like that, or have all the noir angles, but it, there was a feel to the show that was definitely different where they definitely took their cue from, from, uh, film noir. Yeah. So I, I really appreciated that. And I just, I liked the characters and I liked, as you said, every once in a while they'd stop and they'd have this deep philosophical moment. And I, I thought, and it, it, it spoke to the larger show and the themes yeah. that they talk about within the show. So I really enjoyed those moments a lot. Yeah. I, I thought it was an excellent episode. Yeah. Oh, really. okay. Well, I guess I better go watch it. <laughs> now we can't speak to next week yet though because allison apparently you saw the trailer and <laughs> i saw the trailer and it's weird beyond weird. it was it was like i looked at that and my jaw dropped open and i said this is either going to be brilliant or it's going to be a flaming nuclear train wreck <laughs> so we'll see thank god for episodes like this one all right <laughs> yeah. I ho- all right uh next up we're going to talk about how to get away with murder and this episode is they they mention the the Supreme Court case, but it's not the be all end all. They're they're going back to their drama. The big thing is that Simon has woken up, and the question is how much does he remember? How much trouble are they in? Oh my God! What are they gonna do? <laughs> Which is always their thing. Everything's an emergency. And I one thing I did appreciate is they had Jimmy Smiths have just this one scene with Annalise where he apologized to her, which I was just like, thank you. And then he was like, we should probably never see each other. And I was like, agreed. Uh, <laughs> so I really liked that they had that moment. Uh, any other thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree with you that I, I really like that scene. And she doesn't get it en- enough because, uh, you know, she gets blamed for literally everything that happens on the show. Right. I mean, you know, th- th- I'm, I'm waiting for someone to, to blame her for the assassination of Lincoln and the death of the dinosaurs. It's just <laughs> like everything. Everything is Annalise's fault. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to have finally one character say, you know what? I screwed up and I'm really sorry. And and. Yeah, just wanted to say that before I said goodbye forever. Right, and exactly. Like, That's nice. Um, so yeah, but of course everybody else in the in the cast is still blaming her for absolutely everything yes, in their lives, and you know, and it's it's nonsense. The the whole thing. I, I yeah, I knew he was going to wake up and and say yeah. something. Well, we all knew that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just it's it makes me crazy because he he inflicted a major head wound. He shouldn't remember that entire day. Yeah. Um, 
so it, it annoys me that just for the sake of television, of course, he remembers absolutely everything that happened. Yeah. Um, well, but, then, but then we wouldn't have the scene where Annalise gets to talk him out of it. Yeah, there's there is that, you know, it's and and she uses, well, who's who are people going to believe all of us or one guy with a head wound who's right. been in a coma, um, so, which is true. But still, it was, you know, and now, of course, we have the the thing with Wes and Laurel's mom. Well, they made such a big deal about who killed Wes. You'll find out in this episode. I was like, you mean it was actually the guy that we thought killed him in the first place? So at the end of the <laughs> day, it's Laurel's dad that killed Wes, who is who we thought killed Wes on the first episode that we got introduced to the dad. So, and it looks like Laurel may have offed her mom. Um, which, at, How many times do, do characters on the show end up killing the wrong person? <laughs> well, I a mean, lot. Yes. It's it's like, you know... That but she killed her she mom knowing... Another... She knows that her dad is the one who actually pulled the trigger. But she found out that her mom is the one that set the whole thing up that narked on her and then made the dad go and do it. But I seriously doubt she killed her mom. I think that's a red herring. Maybe. Yeah. and then But but the other one, of course, is Bonnie. Bo- Bonnie being dead is a big deal. Like, that... And... I mean, they haven't confirmed it, but I'm pretty sure... That's I'm very, very upset about it. Well, we saw a body being taken into the, the coroner van for the yeah. morgue, the coroner's office. And there it seemed to be a one-car accident. Yeah. So, right. uh, and she was you know, really concerned about her car. And now I'm super mad at Frank because he's like, your car's fine. Shut up, Frank. Because then she was like, <laughs> she was like, would you drive it? Here are the keys. And he was like, uh, no. Uh, exactly. Yeah, but. It's just—it seems so predictable. It's like if you really felt that way, why didn't you just take Uber or something? I mean, yeah, why, I was like, if I think someone has, has sabotaged my car, I'm just not driving my car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would just stay right there, or I'd get it towed somewhere, or you know, something. I would not get in that car. And you'd think she's smart enough for that. But it, it annoys me because you know, we're, I, I really like Bonnie as a character, and I'm invested in her. And it, this, you know. This isn't The Walking Dead. We don't have to have all the characters die at any moment. You know, it can be it can be other people who die. It doesn't have to be our core people. I agree um, with that because so really, yeah, Bonnie's relationship with Annalise is the best. Like, yeah. that, and that's the thing that's so weird. Is it feels like they're killing the people who have the most intense relationship with her. Her and Wes had a really intense relationship, and they mm-hmm. killed him. And then the next in line is her and Bonnie. And now if they kill her, I'm like, she doesn't really care about these other losers. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I could be wrong. I don't know if that was actually Bonnie who died. I um, hope not. Because I in looking not. at the car, it looks slightly different from the one that Bonnie was driving. I could be wrong. It, it just, just all I saw was it was a silver car. Like that's all yeah. I saw. So I'm not sure if that was Bonnie. Um, I think that that would be a huge misstep if it was. Um, but hopefully it's not um, because I didn't see enough emotion from Frank when he called. I think if it was Bonnie, I think he would have been devastated because he checked her car and he missed it. And yeah. I didn't get from him that it would be Bonnie. I think if maybe somebody else. Hopefully, important- fingers crossed, some other random person we don't care about. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would appreciate a fake out at this point. Yes, I would. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, I want to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and this episode is all about time travel, hiding out, death, destruction. And I like that we finally find out what the deal is that uh, Phil made with the Ghost Rider, which actually makes me hate the whole Ghost Rider storyline even more than I hated it before. <laughs> um, and I but, didn't think that was possible. Right? <laughs> I always hated that storyline, but now it's like, well, I made a deal and they took away all the magic that made me alive. So I'm now slowing, dying, like in reverse of my heart chest injury. And I was like, that's terrible. And then the fact that he didn't tell anybody just made it worse. And I think that the team's reaction was pretty appropriate. Like on one hand, I understand his whole desire to keep privacy. But on the other hand, they're his family. They, they, they are definitely his family, 100%. And not telling them doesn't I mean it's devastating no matter what uh and i think i really liked uh daisy's reaction um and it's just oh, it was very it's just all very emotional all the way around and i know they were trying to give us a happy moment with fitzsimmons marriage 
But I'm like, I can't be happy for you guys. Phil's dying. Sorry. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I know that in general, I mean, I like them together, but I haven't really shipped them as one of my pairings that I love. I don't mind them. So I don't mind that they got married. I think it's kind of cool. They finally, everybody had a happy moment, but I'm still stuck on Phil dying. So screw everybody else. Uh, what do you well, guys I... think? I do ship them, so I'm I'm glad they finally tied the knot. And I really appreciate the twist yeah. that they oh, had the because grandson? I was not seeing that coming at all. Oh, that that that, that, that idiot that, guy, uh, their grandson. How is that possible? He's so Deke. dumb. Deke, yeah, that's <laughs> well, you know, sometimes that happens. <laughs> Intelligence doesn't necessarily transfer from generation to generation. Oh my god, I feel like um, they would be very disappointed when they find out that that's their grandson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Deke being, you know, I mean, because they, but the thing is, I appreciated how, how they did it because they really didn't let on anything. They dropped little clues, but you wouldn't see them as clues. And, what you know, right clues? up until the moment, well, well I, just, just little things here and there. And I, the, the one that I'm, of course, that I'm thinking of is just the one that was immediately beforehand where he talks about his grandmother's ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. That and I thought, it's yeah. like, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that's a that's an interesting detail, but they did it in the context of he's a character who just, you know, yaks about things all the time, so right. why not? And it's not until they get to the, the scene where they, they say, oh, yeah, he's related to two people. Who are they? Well, um, and, and it's like, what? Uh, so I, I did appreciate that. But apparently his father, at least, inherited brains from them because wasn't he supposed to be in charge of uh he was in of charge the, of, of the monolith and all of that research yeah right exactly so apparently it went that far generationally and, and then he apparently no further... married it, and then he apparently married an idiot and then, then he got <laughs> oh my god he's so dumb but i mean he's adorably dumb but he's still pretty dumb yeah uh what did you think about it aaron um, yeah, I, I agree with everything you all have said. Um, just for me, um, Yo-Yo's arms getting cut off, I, I was, it was just kind of ho-hum for me. Um, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> but uh, I was a little it, devastated, but go ahead. It, it was devastating, but I, I don't know. It's just something about Yo-Yo and Mac. Um, it just doesn't gel for me as well. Um, yeah, and I can then, see that. And then um, I liked the storyline about, you know, fear coming to life. I thought that that was really cool. But I felt like it, it came and went so quick. I would like to have seen or a more in depth on certain people, well, like I, right. I wanted, but they really, the only one they really went on depth with was Colton, like because he went yeah. down there, so we got to see his real yeah. fear. Yes, so but we got Yo-Yo cool. too. They showed Yo-Yo with um when us uh, uh, I always get the mix up. Fitz Gemma. Simmons, Gemma. Gemma. Let's say Gemma, but she was in the room and it wasn't her. Um, who was trying to smother her with a pillow. So they were going to use the fear storyline. I would like for them to maybe have brought in Mac's daughter because right. that always touches me. So, yeah. I, you know, I thought that there were a few things they could have used um, in those moments. But, you know, overall wasn't a bad episode, but I am really miffed with Colson at the moment. Um, oh, because he didn't tell? Yes, because he didn't tell. And I'm that just burned me. Um, and so I agree with you um, that, Livia, that... Uh, the team's response was very appropriate. Right. And I swear to God, if they don't have a Colson and May kiss before he croaks, <laughs> I'm not going to be happy. Um, because I really, because it does, this is feeling like a series finale. Yeah. And because of that, it is possible that Colson dies at the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like they might do it mainly because he was supposed to die in the Avengers. And yes. I think they're trying to like reset it back to where it was supposed to be. So they set the MCU back to where it was before they did this show. And so I have a, there's a real possibility that he doesn't make it, mm. which will make me cry big, big tears. But yeah. I swear to God, if they don't give me a, a Colson and, and Melinda May kiss, <laughs> they, I, I won't forgive that more than I won't forgive them killing him. So, well, have, has has there been any word about whether it's getting renewed or not? No, it hasn't. Because not I haven't I mean, heard anything. I, yeah, you're not going to hear anything until the upfronts. Like, it's not, the ratings are not good enough for them to be like, and it's renewed early. It's mm. not going to get early, early renewed. It's a matter of what are the pilots that they have? Do they mm. like them enough that they think that they can lose S.H.I.E.L.D.? Mm. That's what it's going to okay. be up against. So, we'll see. All right, next up. We're going to talk about Jessica Jones. 
and apparently I was the slacker this week. Uh, I only watched four episodes, and everybody else watched way more than me. So we will talk about the first four episodes up until the point where uh, Jessica Jones gets arrested for killing a guy that she didn't. It was like, it was the one-armed man! Um, (laughs) So I think the season has started off pretty interestingly. Um, The focus is basically how did Jessica Jones get her powers? What happened to her family? Where is this all leading? What does it mean? Uh, Her whole moment where she had to go to anger management was great because all these people were talking about all the things that horrible things that they did. And when she got up to talk, everybody was like, Whoa, you know, (laughs) and they're like, okay, you don't, we're not going to make you be here. You know? So all of that stuff was really great. Um, And as soon as that woman started killing that dude and I was like, it's going to look like Jessica killed that dude. And of course that's exactly what it looks like, except technically speaking, she has two witnesses who knew knows where she was at the time, but one of them has to be in hiding, and the other one managed to get herself arrested because she's high. And I was like, way to be a not a very good alibi girl. <laughs> and because they're related-ish, yeah. um, I don't know if they'll take her alibis as much. But I was I feel like there has to be a way to prove that she wasn't even there. I mean, she was. There's got to be traffic cams or whatever that picked her up on the other side of town. You'd think there'd be DNA or something too, right? So. Right. Yeah, and her hands obviously are. She didn't, you know, hit anybody recently. But she wears gloves. She's got no blood on her. But I don't know. Uh, I feel like if she gets a halfway decent lawyer, she should be able to get out of this pretty easily. At least that's my. I know you guys know who have watched the show further than me know the answers to this question. These are the questions that I have at the moment. Um, but what did you they guys will think? they will all be answered. So. Right. What did you guys think of the start of the show? Well, I thought it was a pretty interesting twist to have um, Jerry find out she has ALS. Mm-hmm. Oh, was, right. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Different set for sure. Well, she she now is playing a completely different character. Is she showing this like vulnerability we've never seen in her character before? Mm-hmm. Well, she was until, of course, the morning after the prostitutes. She's like, "Here, get your shit and get out." I'm like, "Lady, could you soften up a little bit?" <laughs> <laughs> well, in some ways, I think that the ALS it, it makes her even harder because she just she's staring down death, yeah, and, and a horrible death at, yeah. at that, you know. So I think the that she's going to sort of tilt in different ways on, on some, in some ways that she, it's going to make her more vulnerable. And in other ways, it's going to make her even more impossible than before, because she's just so angry at fate. Yeah. You know, what is that to lose, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so and the, the super, the superintendent. Um, oh, I right. The, the, the weird chemistry between her and the super, he, he hates her. He likes her. He hates her. He likes her. Uh, well, it's funny because when he mentioned like, uh, and I, sorry, because I saw that coming, you know, this whole idea of, you know, his son means everything to him, blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, oh, well, then obviously at some point she's going to save the son. And I didn't think she was going to do it like in the next episode, but, you know, she did. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, then that's taken care of. <laughs> right. Check that off the list. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. she like went for the pants, the belt, belt, belt buckle. And I was like, Jessica, mm-hmm. you're going too fast. And he was like, whoa, 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 slow down. And she's like, what? We're adults. And I was like, just because you're adults doesn't mean you have to go at warp speed. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm looking forward to, um, it, it, you know, based on the comic books, Trish Walker is actually a character called Hellcat um, in the Marvel comics. So I'm curious to see if this version of Trish Walker is going to follow suit um and and have uh you know get abilities um and also right now she's getting the the inhalable kind right yeah so i'm just curious to see um how uh trish walker um plays out um because i'm finding her i find her interesting as well as i love the actual comic book character so curious to see if they're going to be um if they're going to follow suit with that but you know who i'm a fan of in this season is malcolm um, oh, yeah, her, he's been standing up for himself, yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm loving that. I, I, I love the character arc. I love seeing him assert himself. Um, I love seeing him just get stronger, and he's there. He's like her rock now. 
um, he keeps her together because if not, everything would just be lost in a huge mess or a bigger mess than it is. But I feel like he's become kind of her rock. Um, and, and I like the dynamics of their relationship, him and us. Every time she's like, leave, get out, leave. He's like, you're, um, yeah. You're fired. No. You're fired again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of an inversion of the, of the relationship they had in the first season because he spent a lot of time just being a wasted out druggie. Yeah. And, you know, she pulled him out of that and, and he relied on her. So now he's doing, he's doing the opposite. It's like he's going to be the source of strength yeah. so to pay her back. And and also, I think, to just get his life back. Yeah. So well, I, I like seeing, there's have, a lot of, of development. I mean, I've of, seen the entire episode, so I know, th- I, I've seen the entire series, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of focus put on him and a lot of development with his character, mm-hmm. and it's all good. It's all good stuff. Well, I was going to say, what do you guys think of the the mildly villainous other detective, P.I., who's trying to push her out of business? Oh, I feel Price like, yeah, yeah, I feel like he's too over the top. Yeah, and it uh, I I I I mean I hate to say this but it doesn't get better. Uh his his character seemed weird to me throughout. Yeah. And uh it's it's like he started out being one thing and then he kind of became something else and uh, you're you know it's I just never felt like he was more than maybe a plot device more than a character. It's like, "Oh, we need this to happen, so let's insert him." Yeah, it's like they uh, to agitate yeah, right. and that that's really what he does. He doesn't seem to have that much in the way of his own identity. You know, it seems to shift from from scene to scene. It's like the way they introduced his character. He later on does things that make you go, but wait, he was introduced as being this type of guy. So why is he doing this kind of thing now? So, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, he, ne- he never really worked for me. Yeah. Okay, I would agree with that, but... All right. Well, I thought I was watching the episodes too fast for you guys, but apparently not. I need to pick up the pace. <laughs> what am I being a lazy layabout only watching four episodes? Uh, all right. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to tvcampfiregmail.com, follow them on Twitter, we're on Facebook, you listen to us, get, get the point, radio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.